0: We are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcast, and what is going on, my friends? I didn't see a single head bob out of Jace. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> what the hell is this cracker noise? Yeah, I, was think- I was thinking of
1: other things, all right? Yeah, it sounded like I ended up in a wrong, made a wrong turn somewhere, and that's just just fields <laughs> forever with people dancing in them. You made a
0: left at the fence post, not a right. You hung out with your friend,
2: uh, old friend Dave Boyer for a little yeah. while. Yeah. The
1: hippie. Oh, this is it.
0: So, what do you guys think about the new and improved studio? The new setup, just a little different, a little more spacious. Yeah, pretty. We got a couch. We got a couch. We got. We're like Howard Stern now, boys. We got rid of the piano <laughs> and we got a couch. I might use oh, that. That's right.
3: The piano is gone.
0: Oh my God, <laughs> Jay and I took that piano apart on Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that that was a project. Thing was heavy. It's full of cast iron inside. Holy crap. That's what all the uh, all the strings are strung to is a big block of cast iron. Did we never put the railing back on? I know, it's sitting over there. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it twice. I was like, oh, I didn't take it off. I don't know where Jay to oh, so That's what you guys are doing whenever I stopped out, then Yes. I? Yeah. Jay said or he called me and he said, Ah, oh, if you're out there I'll, I'll come by and drink some beers and watch you take that piano apart. I said, Well Mark's coming over too. He's like, Oh, I have a better we could both watch you take that piano apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it started.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: No, I got hung a little late at work, so you already had that done by the time I got here. Exactly.
2: So, Mark, why'd you get hung late at work, man?
3: Buy a new truck. Oh, got a big boy truck, truck, truck man. He, he's yeah. welcome to big boy nation. Yeah. yeah. Moved up from the taco. Got a Tundra. Still
1: a V6, right? No. No, that's a, that's a big V8. Real that one. one. Yeah. <clears throat> 5.7. Oh, yeah. oh, no, dude. Them things go 100 plus quick. Yeah, and they also go through about 14 miles a gallon, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I've been rolling with for the last seven or eight years. <laughs> considering a well, cap. I had the Silverado there Are you before. considering
1: a cap? A cap? Yeah. No. My I cousin got a truck like, like that. It, cap looks smooth on that truck. Mm-hmm. Did your back window go down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty sweet trucks. I oh, like not cool. a f- cap view. No? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, the a handful
2: fold. of
3: things I'm going to do to it, but I mean, nothing significant.
2: The full window that goes down mm-hmm. in the back, man, that the whole window goes down is a pretty cool feature, I, I think. Oh, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Crew max. So, SX, everything's all blacked out. Nice little truck. I yeah, do like the black wheels. M- mm-hmm. Looks nice. Ooh, black grill, No chrome. That is the one thing that I love. I can't
0: stand chrome. on Not a fan. It's just plastic anyway. Yep. <laughs> but you know what else looks nice? Them shirts from Predator Fly Gear, man. Mm -hmm. Tonight's show brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Yeah, Yeah. we all We
1: We had
3: five guys fishing. How many Predator Fly Gear shirts are out there today? Five. One
1: one was working real good, but everybody else was about mediocre at best.
0: I bet Jace had two on. (laughs) We were uh, throwing a lot of
1: (laughs) Erex hooks too, a lot of the stingers
2: and all kinds of goodies. Check them out at ErexHooks.com. Absolutely. Uh, Sims Fishing. I got my. It was all rainy today. Got to wear my nice rain jacket, so uh, get all your outdoor gear at simfishing.com. Did you do a wardrobe change just for the podcast, put
0: on your sh- Sim shirt?
2: No, I went <laughs> home and got a shower. No, bro-
3: no, you're, Mark- He went home and got a shower Martin- and then put the shirt that I've been carrying around in a truck for a week on. No, yeah. we were you just eating? He had a Yellowstone
2: shirt on. It's underneath here. Oh. I went outside for a second, and I didn't want to forget this. The only reason I put it on is because I did not want to forget it sitting at your mom's house and then have to come back and get it here. <laughs> I was being smart. I was watching it. So and I just put it, 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 it on. It's
3: going to be really funny if Jay forgets it here. And you know what? I should be like, hey, Jay,
2: put this on to do something. But I'm like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it sit here and see if he forgets it. No,
1: no. I put it on so I didn't forget it. All this rambling <laughs> coming from you, <laughs> coming live to you from the Urban Fly Company renovated studio here. <laughs> Check them out, or him, or whoever that guy is. He ties some mean flies. They were getting a workout today uh predatorflygear.com
2: predator urban fly company urban fly oh company. shit
1: what am i doing
0: <laughs> <laughs> and check out why not fishing in the Wrap of the dock yeti built for the wild
2: queen city guiding check our friend out Ryan at queenscityguiding.com you can get uh Guided trips, uh, float trips, all kinds of different flies on the website. Just Material. go check out the website. Yeah, materials. There's tons of stuff on there. Just go run through the website real quick and
0: see what he got for you. QueenTittyGuiding.com. Ra- and Ryan's a listener of the show. I mentioned something last week, and he, he hit me up. He's like, dude, you want them small, uh, them small popper heads We can put them backwards? I said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Just from listening to the show.
2: Yeah. I, I think I mentioned it last week. I get a bunch of flies. Not too long ago. Yeah. I haven't got to use any yet, but soon to, soon to come. that yeah. would be
3: the time to get up there. Cooled down a bit, got a little bit of water. All them little tiny creeks are going to be perfect flows right now. Yeah. That was enough water for the little tiny ones. Yeah, that
0: wouldn't be a bad time. <clears throat> You'd be money right now. And uh, we have a guest coming on this evening. Tim from uh, Tight Lines Fly Fishing Company. So I can't wait to talk to him about some smallmouth.
3: What's his last name? landweir I was trying not to say it until he told me. I know, and I want to try to hear you mess it up before he told you how to say it right. Thank you.
0: Thanks for putting me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) That is good stuff. So we uh we did do a little bit of fishing today. Mm -hmm. We got fifteen minutes. Can we talk about it a little bit? Yeah, or let's talk about the bet. Yeah, we
2: could talk about the bet. So, or how the fishing trip came about. You know, again, I, I I. Wanted to get Jay out a couple weeks ago and had some water problems, so he had time off, you know, or the day off, and I was like, hey, let's go, and I knew you were wanting to go fishing, and I told my dad how much fun Mark and I had last weekend, and that all kind of, you know, was like, oh, well, Mark's got to change plans with somebody, or something's got to happen so we can get all of us out together, you know? And so when that came about, I'm like, oh, man, we got all five guys, all of us that are, you know, all of our good buddies, and all right,
0: well, hey, so... What kind of good buddies you you went?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of. I yeah. was the
0: oddball out.
2: Mark's like Mark's like I got your dad. I'm like no no no. I'm taking dad. You're taking Chad. I, I'm not. Like, that's not. You're not pulling that one on me. Dad is a crocker crap. And then uh, I said, all right. I'll I got Jason. I'll take Jason. Dad, you take Chad. We'll work it out. And loser has to supply the beer. So for the podcast on the. Time back, so we had to buy Budweiser because uh, Dad, you know him. You can't, you could take take him out fishing, and he just happens to always catch a, you know, more he fishing. Didn't even He was our, he
1: was already gonna win, and then he kicked our ass.
0: Yeah, then he rubbed it in. Yeah. yeah.
1: Over and over. Uh,
0: but what what were we fishing for, Jeff? Bofin.
2: So that last week, Mark and I, we saw a few. F- and I, I think the uh, last week when we went the day was a lot different it was uh it was sunny it was gonna get hot early Mm -hmm. you know it was a totally different scenario than today it was we woke up it was around 70 and but you know windy and cool and cloudy and rainy kind of day so i think that kind
3: of weather played a huge part today
2: and the difference in amount of fish but you know he was gonna find them regardless and
3: we don't have near enough time in there to pattern what they do in certain but everything you hear and you see is they love bright, sunny, heat, hot. And that's what we had last week, and it worked great. And this week, we didn't have that. We can't complain, but no, we need we, water. We still
0: put fish in the we in the boat. Oh,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. We you still see. didn't get a, a significant amount of rain, though.
3: No, and no. We still
2: need a lot more water. I wonder if it plays any difference in a place like that, though. It doesn't have flow. I mean, I guess it has some flow, but... Not, yeah. you know, not significant. I don't I really say. know
3: about that, but more just everywhere else that needs it. More like oh, sure, sure. You definitely notice the difference, though. Did you see how dirty it was up top and then back towards the lodge, how much clearer the water was?
2: We, uh, Dad was even talking about that, like the amount of uh, even debris mm-hmm. within the water and how, like, thick the water is almost <laughs> the water is thick if your fly it's touches dark, buddy if your
3: fly touches anything that isn't clean water it's something's on it oh yeah yeah this, if it touches green it's got green it's it's hooked <laughs> yep it's got yeah it you going. couldn't
1: throw it to the edge you had to keep it two feet out or you know what i mean there was that that stuff was sitting under there even though you couldn't see it so it was tough for me i'd Overcast and have you probably made a good cast, you know, and then get all that stuff on it. So what
3: I've found is you have to drop it right smack on the edge of that. Right then, mm-hmm. literally boom on it. And they'll come out and whack it. And they like it more if you are actually up against the lily pads. Rather than being out off it in the in the grass, if you have grass that comes in and meets the lily pad, that little spot right on the edge of the grass and the lily pad, if you can tuck it right in that corner, it is almost a guaranteed a fish is going to be sitting right in that spot. Hiding.
2: Good well, spot. That was like the last and, and one you Dad know caught.
3: We, when we walked up in that creek, I got to see what that fish did. And I was watching it. It's unreal. I mean, you have that creek couldn't have been as wide as this room, which is maybe 10 foot. No, idea. it's an 8 foot room. It's an 8 foot room. Okay, so it might have been. It was narrower than this. It was a 6 mm-hmm. foot creek. But the weeds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Probably were eight ten foot tall, they over kind of like came in over the creek, but they hung over maybe ten in, and then three both were in there, and I kind of saw them, I threw out right in the middle as soon as I fly out the water. They all spooked, one backed out, one went forward, and one went right to the side and I'm sitting there like trying to find it and find it and find it. That thing went dead sideways, level with the bank, and it couldn't have been but two inches off, up underneath there. So you know them things just tuck up underneath and they just ambush right off from underneath there, like so a brown trout with a bank. But if we're if we're twenty seven to thirty some inches from them, that's a long way for them to come out of it. But uh, if you run it right down
0: there, f- right in front of them, especially when a bluegill swims past their face every three and a half seconds, not a b- ridiculous. We caught three little crappies
2: this morning too. <laughs> yep, that's funny.
1: That were eatable, good size.
2: Uh, no, they were all eatable.
1: First one, I think I stuck in it, and I, I snagged it, so it, it went sideways. So I, thought cal- I, I thought I yeah. had a bigger fish, you know what I mean? I was like, gosh, oh, what the hell? This might be something good, but the other one, he ate the shit out of the fly, so needed to throw bigger flies, right? We
2: didn't really switch to anything too too much bigger. A little they're, bit. They're the same disease we've been using. Diversity
0: there is. Impressive. I was throwing a little bit bigger flies than Mark, and obviously that uh, that paid off for Mark because I didn't catch any, and he did.
2: <laughs> well, to what Mark was saying, too, the last fish my dad caught, I mean, we, uh, <clears throat> Jace, he threw to the, I mean, he threw a perfect cast. Like you said, it was a place where that, that kind of grassy stuff went back to like a, a V right into a spot where there was a little bit of lily, and I mean, he put it, I mean, I was like, dude, that's a perfect cast. It's a fish. It's going to be a fish. Sink, sink, sink. Slow strip, slow strip. Boom. There was a lot. Jason's like, no f-ing way. Right. <laughs> Jesus. I cast
1: her three times. <laughs> it was, But it was
2: inches, like inches away from that edge. <laughs>
1: Up under real hard today. We've seen a fish, like swimming across the surface like with his back out when you guys you know left us we seen you the first time at the other opposite side I guess and over there I think I see more activity Mm -hmm. in that general area than we
3: saw a few surface down on the other end there for the
2: View from it, of it.
1: I was just looking at, you know, because fish were coming up, I'm trying to catch one, and i seen this fish swim.
0: And I could see it wagging its tail. I was like, what in the heck is that? And I walked around to the other side of the weeds, and I saw it was a pike with his, or I couldn't see his nose, but I, I ended up, I couldn't get cast dead. pike, like, not a gar? It was a pike. Yeah.
3: There was quite a few pike up there. Hmm. Tell you what. I'm going up higher and leader next time. Yeah. Lesson learned today.
0: Did you guys get bit off at all? No.
3: I didn't even get bit. Three for three. <laughs> One for three. Two bite-offs. I was on that 15, was too. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. 20. They bit me clean. You know, what, both times was when we saw you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, Us. I know. We I mean, know, no, we're like something happened over there. <laughs> that's the first time yeah, we said. It. I was like, oh, something happened over I there. I was like, I think, I think, I think you might have broke off one, bit, bit me off. Yeah, twice that, today. That's never fun,
2: man. The, and the teeth aren't even like that huge or anything, but the man, they're just razor sharp little teeth. Apparently,
0: you should lip one one time. And
2: oh help. yeah, tell us. Oh sure. Reach my hand right in there. I bet they chopped it. I'm up. holding
3: it for a picture, and as soon as he goes to take off, I just all in one swoop throw it out of the boat. Like up, a ca- like catfish.
0: Bring it back. Oh yeah, it was still hooked. Oh gosh. <laughs> said, Did you get the picture
3: you need? I'm like yeah, I'm like I'm popping them off right here. Oh, as soon as he got in the net, it started spinning, it spun the whole net up, and the whole yeah. net was all tangled up, and it's like, Duh,
0: God, oh, just here. what that net needs. And <laughs> it needs a musky. Yeah, it's, that, it's been a while. It's had a couple, but. So, we, we can say you want to go take a little bit of a break, come back with Tim? Sounds good, buddy. I think that sounds like a good idea. And we are back with Tim Landwehr from Tight Lines Fly Fishing Company. What's happening, Tim?
4: Oh, not much, brother. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, it's a lovely day here in <laughs> un- unsunny Western Pennsylvania
4: beautiful day it is a rainy cold day actually here which is kind of a treat after it being 90 degrees for kind of the last two months so this is kind of pleasant so what is a cold day
0: in august in wisconsin
4: um well right now it's it's like 64 degrees which is is freezing here uh, <laughs> i'm, 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 I'm calling remote to you guys because i'm off the river from a guide trip i'm actually on washington island uh a uh, family has got a, a a home here for years and it's it's, it's, a, it's a culture shock, or a complete temperature shock, because the last three weeks of us guiding on the river, it's been like 93 degrees. So, yeah, it's cold.
0: I'm sure it's a welcome escape from the heat, though.
4: It's awesome. Absolutely awesome.
0: So, Tim, could you give us a little history about a Tightline Sly Fishing Company?
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, our shop has been opened. We celebrate, it's actually celebrate 20 years of business this February. And our store is in, it's De Pere, Wisconsin, but it's actually, it's Green Bay. You know, it's essentially uh, just Southern Green Bay. But uh, when we first opened it, it was pretty much just a, a, a trout shop because, you know, the, the sport of fly fishing is pretty trout centric. And over the years, it's developed more into a, a lot more warm water stuff because of all the guides and stuff. But we opened it 20 years ago. And prior to that, I, uh, I'm i from that area, but prior to that, I lived in Big Sky, Montana, and I guided on the Madison, the Yellowstone, the Gallatin River, and that's where I met my wife. So we opened the shop here 20 years ago, and I'm still doing it.
0: So you said you were in your 20s when you opened that shop,
4: mm-hmm. correct? I was. That takes mm-hmm. a
0: set of stones for a 20-year-old to open a, a brick-and-mortar store.
4: You you want to know what? It was stupid. <laughs> 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 you know, like look, looking looking back on it, you know and i i think to myself it, it's not stupid I, I i joke but um it it knowing what i know now and the amount of work and stuff it seemed like a great idea to just turn your passion into your profession but looking back on it like holy shit that was terrifying you know that, but we made it work but yeah it was scary oh well, i'm
0: sure i i can't even do anything to that effect you know <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, I, I remember my wife. It, it was it was pretty funny, guys, because you know we we decided we we had this little lump of cash, not much, but it was like we were either going to buy a house or, or open this fly shop. And my wife is like, you know, this is your dream. We should open the fly shop. And I remember we wrote the business plan, and we went to the bank, and I was sitting down with the banker, and uh, he's like. You know, I, I think this will work. The numbers all look like it work. And Sarah and I went back. I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea. I think this is a horrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> I'll always remember I owe her everything because she's like, I believe in you and I know you can make it work. And I thought, damn it. That's 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 heavy. Now I got to make this thing work. So, you know, that's that's how it all worked out. So and we're still doing it.
0: Does she have a sister?
4: <laughs> <laughs> she does she does with a super super big strong muscular husband that would uh, rip your arms out your sockets.
3: <laughs> so starting off was the reception pretty well welcomed <laughs> or did you have to uh, you know earn over a lot of people into the smallmouth game fly fishing oh
4: moves? that's a really really good question because it was not welcome you know what it what ended up happening guys when This is 20 years ago. You have to, I don't know how old you guys are, but like subtract 20 years from that and think like what's happened in the smallmouth game, you know, during that period of time. But we were basically talking to all of these people that were just trout anglers. Like, Hey, you know, you want to give smallmouth a try? We'll drop in the drift bowl. It, it, it was, it was a challenge. We would go to every single one of these shows across the country and uh, or across the Midwest in particular, and we were the only booth there doing anything warm water, there were no other booths, everybody was trout. And in fact, when my daughter was born, she's 15 now, we were at what it was in Detroit, uh, it's the um, the Michigan show, the Warren Michigan show. And I remember uh, being at that show and almost getting laughed out of there about smallmouth bass. So, I mean, it was. It was probably five or six years in of us doing free talks, free slideshows, you know, hammering stuff, coming up with different techniques before it became kind of real. It was a lot of work.
2: When you were getting into it at first, did you even look into what uh, guys were doing with gear a lot to, you know, try to mimic that kind of thing?
4: 100%. 100%, because, like, that was the baseline. Because if you guys look at, like, I mean, think of... Those of you that are smallmouth fanatics or that fish a lot of smallmouth now, in the beginning portion of the entire smallmouth game, because of the trout portion of it, it was woolly buggers, maybe tequilis. You know, it was basically what trout streamers that we had. And then we kind of just like figured stuff out as we went along. There wasn't a lot of great information. You had Harry Murray's book, you had, um, Whitlock had a nice book, you know, but there was not a lot of information on smallmouth that was out there. So we did look to a lot of conventional style stuff and try to manipulate flies to look like that.
0: So moving it forward now, what lures now are you trying to mimic? Because I know well, what we t- try to mimic. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I say because I know what we try to mimic. I, I try to mimic a fluke every day,
4: you, you know? <laughs> absolutely. I was just going to say soft plastics. Boom. Absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, the first glide bait, soft plastic, stuff like that, stuff that we can't traditionally do. And that's where when you start to look at what happened in the progression of smallmouth, and we talk about this in our smallmouth book, we went from woolly buggers and basic streamer patterns. And that was kind of the baseline of what everybody used. And a story that's that's in the Small book that's true. Do you guys know what the Murditch Minnow is? Mm-hmm. Oh, we use oh it. yeah. <laughs> of, of course you do. Of course you do. Do you know how the Murditch Minnow got started?
5: No. And
4: can I tell you? Yes,
5: yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I'll, tell
4: you, I'll, t- I'll <laughs> tell you the story. So the Murditch Minnow, this was 18 years ago. I had Murdich Minnows in my fly shop. And I remember Bart was on a guide trip. And there was a guy and his son or his grandson or something. And they were in a john boat. And Bart had his client out there and he watched that grandfather and his son lay waste to smallmouth bass like all day. And they were fishing probably like a shad colored wrap or something like that. And I remember Bart came in now remember 17, 18 years ago, we weren't fishing game changers. We weren't fishing any of that big stuff. We were fishing small trout streamers. That's what, what everybody did. And Bart came in and he saw those Murditch minnows in the bin and he said, Timmy, um, i this is we need something bigger we need something way bigger and he looked at those minnows and he blew the dust off of them because i hadn't sold one of them because it was originally designed for striped bass that's what that fly was it was in the umqua catalog for striped bass and uh he went out that next day and that was kind of the first time we started to see big streamer patterns where we used out of the box much larger than average streamer patterns and he laid waste to smallmouth on those. Like, and it changed our entire program for about six years. So Umpqua discontinued that fly. And Bruce Olson, who was the marketing guy for Mark, for, for that, called me up and he said, Tim, I have 150 dozen Murditch minnows that I'll sell you at this crazy blowout price because we're not going to carry these anymore. And I bought all of them. And uh, he's like, What? So then fast forward another five years, Bruce calls me back. He said, what the hell's going on with this Murdich minnow? Like we can't keep them in stock. We got to put them in the bass category and stuff now. And now they make the Murdich in like six colors. Guys are tying them with rattles. Like that's, that's how that fly got its, its, its wheels. That's how it happened.
0: The secret got out.
4: That was it. Yeah. And, and, and now as you guys know, like, I mean, that's, that's kind of as common as, like, clousers and everything else. It's just kind of a standard baitfish pattern.
0: That's what we use. That's our ones and twos, clousers, murdiches, right. you know?
4: Boom, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the story of the murdich. It almost it almost evaporated because it didn't do real well in the striped bass world. So, so But the a, smallmouth world, it crushed it.
3: A true murdich, what is the body
4: on it? The true murdich is actually as it's standard estaz packed, extremely tight. You know they're they're putting that wrap one next to the run next to the to, to the next to build that body up. So it's not the cactus chenille.
5: What do
3: you the original prefer-
4: was tied with estaz.
3: What's your preference?
4: I still use estaz on it um, because I find that with cactus hackle or any of the longer fibered stuff. I can't get it packed tight enough, and it doesn't swim. I, I want it denser. It doesn't swim as well unless it's really dense.
0: And you said that changed or opened your eyes to bigger flies for the small Yes. How big, yeah. how big were those original Murdichs that you were throwing?
4: Well, they were like the regular size Murdich. I mean, that was tied still on... The original Murdich was tied on a eight eleven 811S, and that was tied oh. on a size 1 or a 1-aught okay. stainless hook. So it was still a... It was still a five- or a six-inch fly at that point. You know, I mean, maybe a five-inch fly at that point. But it was, you know, three-and-a-half, four inches longer than anything else anybody else was throwing at that point. You know, we were we were throwing trout streamers. That's what it was 20 years ago.
0: And when did the articulation game come in into play for you? The,
4: articula- the, the articulation game, we've been fishing articulated patterns now for, you know, f- a dozen years you know like circus peanuts uh this like pre-game changer stuff kelly Gallup stuff i mean you've got to give kelly Gallup and the whole modern streamers for trophy trout a big shout out for bringing the big streamers to the forefront uh but again it wasn't till you know uh, blaine chocolate came out with the uh the game changers where like that really that like blaine is a friend of mine and that really like changed stuff like how Fly swim
0: so you guys are changing games quite a bit up there now?
4: Yeah, I mean, we, we are, but I, I still, I still, you know, I, to be honest, I, I bet you I fish 80% topwater. I really do. I can get the big ones on topwater as easily as I can get them on bait fish patterns. So I I, I still like the topwater game, but we do fish a ton of changers still. We fish a lot of big streamers. We still fish a bunch of murdiches and stuff like that. So those are those are super important, but what we have seen over this big push in the warm water scene, we have seen all of a sudden that just big streamers have taken center stage period. And there's, there's so many cool nuances to our sport. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of like, like the Wiggly game and us finesse fishing smallmouths and, and uh, like Charlie's old Mr. Wiggly variations on micro top water flies that we're getting. One of our guys got a 21 and a half the other day on, a micro topwater fly. So, I, I, the the big flies are awesome, but a lot of guys are putting all the weight just to that, and it, you shouldn't in this game.
0: No, I haven't heard of that. At least cannot. Can you describe it?
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, if if one of the biggest things that's happened in in probably in in our in our smallmouth books, the thing we get questions on almost daily via email is the smallmouth there's a fly called the charlie's old mr wiggly and the wiggly pattern is basically a variation you've got streamers you've got poppers you've got divers you've got you know sliders blah 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 well there's also a category that we call the wigglies is basically a bastardized chernobyl ant and a number of years ago one of dave whitlock's best friends jack allen came over and he fished with us Jack is from Florida and he's a largemouth bass guy down there. And Jack had a nerve disorder in one of his arms. And he would bring five weights loaded with ten weight fly lines. Because
5: Whoa.
4: Yeah, right. It sounds Whoa. ridiculous. But because he had he had this nerve disorder, he could blast that line out. It was like a micro shooting head for him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was pre pre like shooting a, head, shooting head.
0: Like a gadget head.
4: Yeah, it was like a skadget head, but like from fifteen years ago. So he uh, he 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 was having a hard time casting like standard boogle bugs and some of that stuff, and he had these little sponge spiders, and he called them the nouveau spiders, and it was a, it was it was a sponge bug. It looked like what a little kid would use for panfish. Well, I thought to myself, like, oh my god, I'm with this guy for eight days. And we're going to be fishing bluegill flies all day for giant smallmouth. Like, I'm, this is going to be rough. This is going to be really rough. Well, something that we noticed real quickly is Jack made a cast. And I watched that fly float down this flat. And I watched an 18-inch smallmouth come up and sip that fly off the surface. Like, just sip it off like a cutthroat. And then I watched throughout the day that same reaction, how those smallmouth would bite. It would just come up, and they would sip that fly off the surface. And it, it, was, it was something completely unique because we now see that there's two types of bites in smallmouth, and we talk about this all the time with customers. We have a reactionary eat, and we have a confidence eat with a smallmouth bass. A reactionary eat is the bite that all of us dig where you're fishing a big streamer or a popping bug, and the fish just, like, Comes unbuttoned on itself to eat it. You know, I mean, you see it slam through a streamer, you see the whole body before you see the head kind of thing. And then you have a confidence eat, which is a very slow, methodical eat where they just come up with 100% confidence and they sip the bug in and it disappears. Now, that whole game, our guides use every single day of the summer during low water. Because some of our guides are catching consistent fish over 19 inches in water that's knee deep and fishing these wiggly style patterns and just bending their legs and watching these huge fish come up like a cutthroat and sip the bug in. And it's a real deal. They won't eat a big streamer, they won't. A popper makes them nervous because they're more passively feeding, but they will eat that thing.
0: Hmm. <clears throat> how long of a lead, lead are you throwing on these?
4: Oh, you can still, you can still just fish like an eight, nine foot leader, but it's really the, it's really the fly size. It's really the style of fly. What ends up happening, guys, how many of you guys have, have fished a popping bug, like a boogle bug or something, and the fish doesn't crush it. The boogle bug just disappears.
0: We're all you know, in like our hand.
4: All of you have seen that, right? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's because that particular fish was a passively feeding fish that ate that with that confidence eat, he just came up, he knew it was real and he just sipped it in and just ate it. He didn't blow it up. He didn't charge it. He didn't do anything like that. And that's how a lot, whenever we're fishing skinny water flats and the fish are not overly aggressive, that wiggly will change your game. One hundred percent on your productivity of catching big fish. It's real. Now, is it like skate, Skating no. it a little bit, just a no. free a free drift. So if so, if you skate it, it's cool, but you're still by skating it, you're still proactively looking for that aggressively feeding fish just by the nature of skating the fly. But by letting this thing fish almost dead drift and bending its legs, we you'll watch them come up like a cutthroat and just sip it in. And and how it worked the first time I ever saw it, guys, where like I realized how real this thing was is Bob Harrison, one of my good customers, i fished with him for 20 years, so I've guided him, and he threw a popping bug on uh, a rock flat, knee-deep rock flat, transitionary rock flat, and I was standing up on my rower seat, and I watched the popper hit the water, and I had three or four smallmouth that were milling around on that flat, and I watched those smallmouth, like, they bristled up, and then they moved away from the popper. They, did, they, they, they weren't going to move to it. We threw those wiggly style flies in that same fashion, and the fish bristled up and they slowly moved over to that little wiggly pattern and then sipped it in. But they wouldn't eat the popper popped. Really, that's, it's real.
0: That's cool, man. That that's like firsthand experience knowledge.
4: And like... It's it's real. If you guys want to see, I don't know if you've seen the the video we took part in. Uh, Robert Thompson or RT did a really cool video set called Summer Haze um with all mid a bunch of midwest um warm water guys uh it's ourselves. i think mike schultz is in it uh, the tight lines crew our whole crew kyle uh, Zempel, luke kavachak a bunch of guys from all over the midwest it's a three-hour small mall video essentially but we've got video of these fish coming up and eating that bug like that it's incredible
0: that
1: that's insane. I
0: I'm definitely going to go check that out. I've been
1: is it I'm, Jensen fly fishing for for smallmouth? What's that? It's like Jensen fly fishing for
4: smallmouth where they they just yeah, show the trout insane.
1: come up and eat it and then you go give it there, to them.
4: it's 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 real. In the smallmouth book, go to that section on finesse fishing in that wiggly pattern and that is the biggest thing that's happened to us as far as identifying kind of traits of how the smallmouth feed, how they move, and how I can feed them.
0: And when you say you're just bending the legs on the fly, are you, yeah. you like, shaking the rod tip a little bit, or are you just,
4: like, yeah, lifting I mean, the rod up you, and down? You can, or? you can shake the rod tip, but, you know, I mean, like I said, just bend the legs, just kind of wiggle the legs a little bit. Could be with, like, a four-inch strip, or just a bounce with the tip. I mean, that's all that it takes.
0: Okay. And that's effective on shallow flats, you say? Could you do it over three like three, three or four foot of water? You can,
4: but then you're talking about kind of different fish. You can still fish it in that type of stuff, but that style of fishing and that style of fly is really situated to passively feeding fish on those flats where you know fish are around but aren't, aren't aggressive traits to like a game changer or to a popper or something, but they're still there. You see them milling around. Um, or weed lines. Our guides will do a lot of sight fishing where they'll stand up on their boat uh, or on their rower seat and see these fish on weed lines coming up. And they'll be dragonfly and damselfly eaters. And we can actually kind of Henry's Fork style fish those fish and watch them come up off of those weed lines to eat a wiggly.
0: That's crazy talk.
1: I'm, it is I'm,
4: crazy talk. It's real. <laughs> Oh, when though. when you
1: see it, then you can believe it. There's no doubt about it. It's them fish are you. And, and, can you really fish a streamer, from, from, a big from streamer? Guys?
4: like, like we can touch touch more on this, but some of the guys that we've had some camera crews up here and some other guys who we've kind of showed how it works. Uh-huh. Every one of them is like, "You've got to be shitting me! <laughs> oh my god!" Because it's not little fish; it's big ones. Like we've we've caught. Mm-hmm. Plenty of of taped twenties on that style of fly, like a lot of them.
0: I know I'm gonna we'll be doing this week, tying a bunch of wiggly it, flies. It's, <laughs> yeah, Googling it's that
4: fly. So
0: uh, let's get to the book a little bit. Um,
4: it's a tough. It was a it was a tough deal. But when we did the Small mouth book, we were actually approached by a buddy of ours. His name is Dave Karzinski. And uh, Dave has been a friend of ours for a long time. And he talked to myself because I'm, I'm a co-author on it. And Bart, Nate, and Charlie are also co-authors on the Small mouth book. But he talked to us and he said, he said there's not a shop that has more guidance than what you guys have seen. And there's not been any books that have been written as of late with kind of new information. a gigantic together and kind of breaking it down to uh, manageable bites for people to. Uh, the thing that I'm the most proud of is it, it's got a lot of new innovations in here. Like you, the game changers, the intermediate lines, like what has happened, like the angle in which you fish the flies now. Top water game, the variations that have happened. None of that stuff was in any of the old smallmouth books.
0: Man, um I I looked it up. It's on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. you also can get it what local fly shops too, probably.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I know most of most of the warm water shops. Printing right now. If you get it from us, um, they're autographed copies from all of the authors we have. But uh, but yeah, ebook too on Amazon. So there's a bunch of ways to get it. And again, it talks a lot about that different innovation,
0: the warm water craze, and. The different shops that have opened and and catered to the warm water fishing helped or affected you?
4: It's awesome um, because all of these guys are. We've been doing it for a long time, but a bigger pool of guys that are fishing with. You know. Trout world in the fly fishing scheme of things. There's not a lot of things in the trout world. It's part of our culture. But in the smallmouth world, those of us who have been in it for as long as we have now, and those that even getting into it, like this is still cutting edge in the fly fishing world. This is still really cool stuff with a lot of innovation and growth ahead of us. So, more guys. Th- that are coming up with stuff i mean the game changer came out of all of this i mean that was designed originally from the, the smallmouth world
0: and now it catches everything
4: <laughs> catches everything right <laughs> i saw this on a picture of the bowfin though how cool is that what a neat fishery is that
0: they, it's just something we're what? starting to explore dip our toes into
4: what do you guys feed them I. Okay, wh- whoever caught them, what are you feeding them? <laughs>
0: Lefty deceivers. Yeah,
3: all, all mine came on deceivers. That one today was just absolutely just annihilated. It's it's almost like a tri- like you've got to kind of like fish them different. It's floating down. It just disappears in a split second. It's just a vicious strike and <sighs> my
2: Dad had two. To- he's like what and then he kind of pulled he's felt efficient you know and stuck him real good so but same thing bucktail receivers awesome. yeah. System, yeah. yeah it's just we had a weird weird day today yeah they well, the weather just they usually cool blast everything, fellas though.
4: i mean just just anything different and unique like that that's awesome super jealous
0: yeah it was super fun
4: and could they would they eat top water could you get them to eat top water
0: Supposedly they do.
3: We've only tried it one time for maybe an hour, and then once we started mm-hmm. figuring out a method that worked, we stuck to it. But right, it's right. definitely something to be explored a lot more, absolutely.
4: Yeah, once you get a number of more of them under your belt, like then it's then it's time to experiment mm-hmm. then when you get some confidence.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. But that's definitely we, – we brought top water with us. So, yeah. yeah. Um, one more thing uh, on, on the yeah. both end Mark got bit off today a couple times. Do you guys find – a lot of pike density in your your uh smallmouth
4: stream. Tons, tons, especially early in the season and late in the season. You know, like our pre spawn in May, we open up a pre spawn ten day window and then we shut down during the spawn because I don't like to guide during the spawn. Um, but yeah, I mean there's pike everywhere, which is painful because on our website we just put we just got a bunch of new game changer patterns in stock and some of the micro and the mini changers, but some mm-hmm. of those are like sixteen bucks a piece. Oh yeah. and like. In a foot long pike doesn't care that it's 16 bucks. No. No, I just lost one of those in a pike's
2: mouth about 2 weeks, 3 weeks ago. Yeah. Lost a nice $17 game changer in a pike's mouth. Oh yeah. It uh, hurts.
4: I know. I know. And so, it's one of those you don't even come tight on it. It's just like there's gone. On that, that. Gone.
2: on that subject though, I noticed a lot cuz I fished smallmouth in our local uh, warm mm-hmm. water fishery and this year just fished it a lot, noticed that, you know, spring and everything else smaller flies, clouser's, and then now mm-hmm. I've noticed I, in the lower water, I was fishing larger game changers for a little while mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just finding good success with the bigger fish. Is that what you guys well, kind of do until you switch to that little tiny bug that I sounds like I'm going to be fishing in the next couple weeks?
4: Well, it, it's one of those deals. Like it's really hard to explain because if, if, if you want to go to the river and now I've, I've done literally myself a couple thousand guide trips for smallmouth now in the last 20 years, like a lot of days. And if you just put on a big Murdoch minnow or a big game changer and you ripped that fly on like a intermediate line all day, you're going to come up with some good fish. It's going to work. But you're going to be leaving a ton on the table. You know what I mean? There's so many other techniques that are important to incorporate, like understanding the water that you're fishing with, you know, times for those wiggly bites, times for a, a popping bug on ledges that makes a deeper sound when do you use a hair bug when do you use a hard head stuff like that so but for people who are getting into it like you could just rip streamers and bigger streamers all the time and still come up with fish
0: so we've been talking about ripping big streamers and the ugly yeah. bugs and the poppers mm-hmm. do you fish a sculpin helmets and get down and bump the bottom
4: you know, I, I fish them myself personally, but with clients and stuff, I don't a ton. It's such an effective way to fish, but it's it's even though it's it's my least favorite way to fish because I, I like to see the bite. It's a smallmouth bass. That's my favorite part of it is like the bite, whether it's top water or that streamer. Um, where when you're fishing deeper, you don't you don't get that same luxury with it. But the other thing is, is if people don't know how to fish that heavier stuff, it's hung up on the bottom all the time. And from a guide standpoint, it's super frustrating yeah. to guide with that.
0: So are you fishing it, faster rivers? Like, are you able to row back upstream and get it? Or is it pop yeah, them off? Or?
4: On, on some of the stuff you can, but, um, you know, if, if you... I just posted something on Instagram and Facebook of some of the rivers that we float. Like we've got some areas that have got like some Class Four whitewater in them too. Like scary, scary stuff where you can't. But
0: I I saw that picture uh, you posted last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that river when you're done with this story?
4: Yeah, it's big. You know, some of it's big. and Normally, a customer doesn't tell you that he's hooked up on the bottom until you're at least 150 yards away from where he hooked up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like Just I got fly a triangle. <laughs> I'm done with my backing. <laughs> Back row, please. Mm-hmm. Right. So,
0: yeah. So you put that picture up of you row in the white water. Mm-hmm. You're in the boat by yourself. Did you have the clients get out, or was yeah, that your option? It's, or
4: you know, a lot of the different water that we. We guide on in Northern and Northeastern Wisconsin, our dam regulated, and we've had so much water this year, fellas. Like, I don't know how you guys stand, but we have got pounded, you know, three inches out of crack. So some of our dams, you know, all the water shit runs downhill. So I'm getting all of it. And that picture of that, that piece of water, that was a five foot standing wave that I had to like pile drive through. And, um, they, they opened the dam on me halfway through the day. And they put down another four thousand cfs while we're on the water. So what? I awesome. had my I, I had my customers walk around because I could. It was mean.
0: So, could you feel your heart like, or could you see your heart pumping through your chest?
4: <laughs> well, I've I've uh, that was running at like eighty seven hundred or eighty five hundred cfs, and I've run it up to eleven thousand where we were. Um, but yeah, yeah. Even though I've run it hundreds of times, like it's it's i I knew we were I was going to take on you know, fifteen or twenty gallons of water. I knew I was going to punch the nose right through that giant wave. So yeah, <laughs> it makes you nervous. I don't care how many times you've done it. You just want to come through it right side up,
0: yeah, exactly
4: mm-hmm. So
0: are there many hairy spots like that in your waterways, or is that like the the one?
4: There's a couple, but there there's very few. I mean, most most of the smallmouth waters that. That we guide our, our, our you know, pretty docile flat water rivers. Probably similar to what you guys have.
0: Yeah, pretty much. We don't we don't mm-hmm. have anything like that.
4: <laughs> right. There's only a handful of scary spots.
0: So with all the, the smallmouth trips and guides or guided trips that you've mm-hmm. done out in Wisconsin, how confident would you be to to take the show on the road and uh go to different places and find fish in different states?
4: Would you, oh, do you think your
0: program I, I, would work everywhere?
4: Do you think all of these techniques are going to work everywhere? Absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a, a smallmouth is a smallmouth is a smallmouth. You know, what I mean, they, they 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 act differently in different watersheds. Now, the idea that I could go to any of these different watersheds and have the arrogant knowledge that like I can catch fish everywhere, like. The only reason I catch a ton of smallmouth where I fish now is because I've been down those rivers a couple thousand times and I know every single rock where, you know, I mean, it's, I've been asked a couple of times to guide for friends like, Hey, will you come over and help me on this trip on this river? Like, I'll never do that because local river knowledge is like what it's all about.
5: Mm
0: -hmm. I,
4: I just don't feel comfortable, like not knowing what's underneath the water all the time.
0: And how many different floats do you have? Like, are you seeing the same eight eight trips or, like, the same week rotation? Or
4: I would say between our guide staff, we have 10 guides that work for me pretty much full-time, May through September, and we've got about 13 floats.
0: Okay, so you can break it up a little bit and not get a little bit of variety in what you see today. Oh, in day.
4: absolutely. You know, I mean, we've got certain guys that are ninjas on certain floats. Like, Bart's got one big fish float that, like, he knows where every giant fish lives in the river, you know, and actually target specific fish. Um, but, uh, it, it, it gets boring if you're fishing that same float every single day. So yeah, we mix it up.
1: So with all these years, do you get a lot of new people more so now than before to hit the river with you?
4: Yeah. I mean, we still get, we, that's a great question, man. We still get new people. Um, we have about 96% return of customers every year. So we have the same people fishing with us every year, but we are seeing more new people getting into the sport. Um, and especially more new people who are embracing the idea of warm water, you know, where before somebody would come into our fly shop and be like, yeah, we're trout fishing, right? Cause that's what fly fishing is to a lot of people. So we are seeing more new people, especially the warm water end.
0: Um, can we get into the your your local uh, or your recent filming that you did?
4: Mhm. Mhm.
0: Okay. Um. You did an episode of what are they calling it Dose Boat this year?
4: They call it Dose Boat. Yeah. Dose Boat. Dose Boat. They keep changing the pronunciation of it. So yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I I don't know about everyone else, but I was a super fan of Dose Boat. So uh, every Tuesday before uh I took my son to soccer practice, him and I would watch Dose Boat. So, <laughs> I'm very excited when when I knew uh, you were coming on the show and I was like, Oh, he's in like one of my favorite YouTube series. So yeah, really uh, awesome. Really cool. How was filming with the dudes?
4: I'll tell you what, like, so, so we've, we've, we've filmed a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, before we've been lucky enough to, like I said, we were in that summer haze video. Our guides were in the fly fishing film tour a number of years ago. So we've had some experience with some of this stuff before, but I didn't realize the magnitude of how professional that whole meat eater thing is, because they had three cameramen, an audio guy, a producer. I mean, like it was it was insane how professional it was. So that made me mega nervous at first. <laughs> and they're like, "Just be calm, you and Joe. It'll be like you buddies out fishing." I'm like, "Buddies out fishing with like 18 other people directing us." <laughs> Come on. Yeah, be funny. Be funny. Uh, that, oh, you're not funny. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so, Steve or Cal well, or any of them? Or I, 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 th- you tell? I think the, the, uh, uh, Cal was supposed to be with me that day. But what ended up happening is, do you guys know Joe Cermelli? Joe Cermelli is now with Meat Eater as one of their... Uh, the fishing directors, and he came from. He was the talent, so he was the guy. He and I fished together, and he is hilarious.
0: Oh, one more thing. It it it's the meat eater. How? Yeah, I'm I'm sure you guys uh.
4: We did about if we could kill the smallmouth, and I I I, I talked them into letting northern pike
0: to eat no that that's really cool that's uh a lot of the other ones we see
4: and joe was awesome because joe was like okay we have to talk about why we don't and we got a chance to talk about um how old the fish are you know there was a smallmouth that was called 10-pound line class record, but Nate's customer caught it. It was a world record on, on a line class record, but it is a 24 and an eighth inch smallmouth that was caught out of the river. That is not a lake fish. It's not a migratory fish, but it was 24 and an eighth inches long. And the DNR had contacted us because they didn't believe it, and we had it on a bump board, but we had to tell the guys, like, you know, like a fish like this could be two decades old. <laughs> you can't whack it. Yeah, that fish could drink absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, drink and like his kids can drive and <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what
4: a donkey.
0: Man. Oh. Uh-huh. Wow. That's a monster.
4: It's a ridiculous fish. And it's like yeah, it's ridiculous. So so we did get to talk them out of that. So uh we did eat a fish, but it was a northern and I have not eaten northern in a lot of years and I forgot like how delicious they actually really are.
0: So is that going to reinvigorate you to Yep. Eat a couple northern here. Nope. and there. Yep. Yep.
5: Hundred <laughs> uh, percent.
3: Not a hesitation in it. <laughs> yeah. So, did you oh, guys yeah. just do the typical pan fry, or I mean, what's kind of how, how do you prefer to eat it? And is well, that,
4: it? I mean, so so if you guys you've seen you've seen Dasbo, so yeah, yep, they have kind of like the final meal and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we did, uh, we just uh, we just fried it, you know, we battered it, you know, put some frying magic on it, dropped her in in, in oil and you know it was spectacular it was on ice immediately after we we whacked it and yeah it was great but it was a really cool experience fellas it's such a cool camera crew the guys and 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 sam was the producer i will say you're like i can't wait for you guys to see it because the camera crew was so excited like how well it went like we we kind of we had a really good fishing sequence, like really, really good fishing sequence. That's
3: what you're saying is you nailed it.
4: Yeah. We got lucky. We got big fish when we needed to. So yeah. Awesome.
0: It's great when everything comes together and works like it should.
4: Well, it normally doesn't. Yeah. That's why it's great when it does. (laughs) But it does. (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was, it was super cool, but uh, yeah, it should air in. I'll keep you guys posted on it. Um, but it should air in September. I know that the new seasons will start dropping in uh in August for season two. But um yeah, it, it'll it'll be good.
0: And you're saying off air that there was a little bit of a conservation.
4: Absolutely. Okay. I'd love to get into it because it's it's really one of the reasons that we agreed to do it. I talked to my entire guide staff about You know, naming the river that we guide on and how to do this where millions of people are going to see this from Meat Eater. And, you know, they they always have a conservation message, as as you know, in every one of their shows. And on the Menominee River, there is a proposed sulfide mine. um, That's, I mean, it's an enormous gold mine that's going to be 150 feet from the river on the banks of the Menominee. And that gold mine, full sulfide mine, will eventually dump into uh, Lake Michigan, the Bay of Green Bay. So it is a, it's been on the uh, most endangered rivers list, North America's most endangered r- rivers list for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So this is a big deal. This is a very big deal. And if there's a time to protect it, it's, it's right now.
0: So let's say us Yahoos in Pennsylvania. What, yeah. can, what can we do to try to help you?
4: Well, I'll tell you exactly what you can do, and I thank you for that because that's important. Uh, you guys understand the value of a fishery or just clean water in general, but you can go to... Um, you will see the entire task, the entire fight, how you can contribute, who you can contact. If you got 20 bucks to give to this group that's been fighting this tooth and nail, RiverCoalition.org. If you want to check out uh, some updates on Facebook, their coalition to save the Menominee River on Facebook and on Instagram, it's Coalition to Save the River. So you can see what they're doing, and it is—it's probably the hardest fighting crew of friends I've ever seen. These people are relentless at trying to get this mine shut down.
0: How far into the process is the mine? Is it? Is it like pebble mine? Is it inching its way forward or?
4: It's inching its way forward. Uh, That's the hardest part about this. You know, it's, it's dollars. Um, Luckily they've had some hiccups with some of their permitting. So it's slowing down, but it's, it's still, you know, full steam ahead. They have millions and millions of dollars to throw at this. And we are a mining community in Wisconsin, in the upper peninsula. So um, you know, people are, uh, you know, pro mining in some, some fashion or facets, but this is for seven to 10 years of extraction and then it's gone. And then we have this gigantic hole full of poison there forever.
0: Yeah. And it, and every one of them fails.
4: That, yeah, that's Eventually. right. Every one of them, like, the, like every one of them.
0: Yeah. Well, so uh, the, the Animus river in Colorado, wasn't that the one that turned orange?
4: Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and, and the same thing like the pebble mine, all of this stuff it just keeps rearing its ugly head. And every one of us that loves fishing and loves these resources needs to do our part and uh uh and and speak up.
0: Yeah. Um so I will put a, a link to the join the river coalition.org oh, thank you. in the uh in the show notes for us.
4: Awesome, awesome, I appreciate
0: So, Tim, is there, a, is there anything else that we haven't hit on that you want to?
4: I don't know. I think, uh, I think we've covered it. I mean, we've covered the book. We've covered the Small Mouth stuff. We've got to cover DOS Boat or Dose Boat, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, uh, no, it's, unless there's anything you guys are interested in talking. I mean, Small Mouth we could talk for miles about because it's my favorite thing in the planet. I,
0: I do have a quick question for you. I looked up the mm-hmm. on, uh on the map. Mm-hmm. It was relatively close to Hayward, right? No,
4: no. where we, where our river is.
0: Uh, I don't know. I was just Google Map. And I thought I saw. Yeah. Okay. Do you we're get
4: musky at all? Actually, we do get musky. We do get musky. Uh, not on the Menominee itself, but like the Wisconsin and some of the smaller rivers, we do. So Hayward, the state, like we are completely on the far uh, eastern end of the state. So. that uh, uh borders both Wisconsin and the u p of Michigan so okay. it's it's way up in that northeast corner
0: okay, I don't know what I was looking at then <laughs> that's that's okay it's,
4: yeah Wisconsin is just like full of super cool fishing stuff you know I mean like incredible opportunities so but uh that's that's kind of where we are and um yeah it's it's there's so much good water to fish
2: so uh in the middle of the winter since you're up there so high, do you Ice fish or do you go somewhere warm to go fishing for tarpon or something else?
4: Uh well, what we end up doing, we have an adventure travel company. So in the winter months I'm pretty lucky that way. This winter will be different with COVID, of course, but typically I will do Argentina for a couple of weeks. So bring groups down to Argentina. Um we do Brazil for Peacock Bass or Bolivia for Golden Dorado. But typically I'm 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 somewhere in the uh, southern hemisphere during the winter months speaking of the
0: covid how did your shop handle that and uh how did you guys have to make steps to um to be safe during it that's
4: a, that's a that's a good question and I think we were closed for two and a half months is what it was it was about two and a half to three months we were closed uh luckily we have a you know, a, a good online store. So that kind of kept me afloat during that time. Um, I tried to do Instagram messages continually kind of with our reopening plan for our guides and everything else. We didn't start guides first uh, because of that also, but uh, it was devastating. Absolutely devastating, man. We made it through, but scary, scary times for a fly shop's.
0: Yeah, it's got to be hard. It's hard for any small business, let alone Mm -hmm. you're sharing a boat with two people you don't know know, for eight hours a day, and the person in the back standing over your head, breathing on you all day.
4: So what we have done is we have all decided how our guide guide gig works is we rent out a big ranger station in the summer months, like for, for five months that all of our guides live at. It's kind of like a frat house for old guys, <laughs> and uh, but we have football and you know uh, ping pong, etc. All the important things.
0: Do you have a king but, of the foosball uh, table? What's that? Do you have a king of the foosball table?
4: No, I suck. I suck at all of the things. We've got a few a few incredible bar athletes that work for me, however, though. That, <laughs> yeah, I can kind of run the gamut. Um, but uh, no, so so they live up there, but. Our guides have all decided as a team, nobody has gone out for dinner or breakfast. We would always normally go out for dinner and breakfast. So we've isolated our guides 100% while we're there. We give the clients the option for, they bring their lunch, or we can bring their lunch, obviously, as well. But um, we have masks in the vehicle for the shuttle ride. We can't mask in the boat because we would, you know, it's 95 degrees out. Uh, But we have uh, taken every possible step we can to keep people safe the best that we can we've got right now
0: that's good man hey you have a plan and you guys are sticking to it i I dig it it's totally commendable
4: i appreciate that. and in the shop it's the same thing we still require masks in the shop maximum of three customers in at a time and we've kind of stayed that course since this has all started so i'm just going to keep doing that I'd i'd rather play to our most nervous customer um as possible to keep everybody comfortable
0: so, do you normally have more than three people in the shop at once, like, in normal times?
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So how how do the people on the outside know how many people are on the inside when they're used well, to just we, walking in?
4: Well, we've we've got we have we've got a sign. We've got like this green sign, so it's like a green go sign. Making or no? And <laughs> like you flip it over, and it's red on the other side, and then people just kind of have to wait there, and you have to kind of sometimes urge some of your customers who are telling you fishing stories for hours on end that, like, it's time to go. You have <laughs> to leave so somebody can the come in now. That next person wants some... <laughs> <laughs> so, he some right. dubbing, right. and you do so, the hell out of That's how it works.
0: So I, I saw on your website that uh you encourage, or you at least you used to encourage people to come in and have just a cup of coffee and BS at the shop?
4: Yeah. So yeah, was, it, it,
0: was it like Cheers? Like people walk it, in? Was, it,
4: it was totally like Cheers. Norm! Norm! Like, yeah, well, it, it's a fly shop. We've been there for so long. I would say 90% pe- of the people that come in, I know their name. You know what I mean? Like, truly. That's how it is. It's like a family. And that's the one thing, guys, that I'll tell you. This was the craziest part of the COVID thing. Like, it, it almost makes me emotional to talk about it. Because, like, when we got shut down, it was one of those, like, holy shit moments. Like, I've got two kids, and, like, we're shut down. Like, what's going to happen here? Well, my customers, uh, who are like family rallied around us, ordered stuff online. We did the drug deal pickup outside, you know, like spray the basket (laughs) down and God give you the thumbs up and you know, but like, I'll tell you what, fellas, there was not a day that went by that there was not like a six pack of beer that showed up in my basket (laughs) or like a bottle of scotch or something with a note. Like it was absolutely incredible you know like people like like giving you the thumbs up like hang in there bro like it's it it, it was incredible that's Just awesome incredible. It, it
0: shows how impactful that uh, your shop is on on the community
4: Oh, i appreciate that man i mean they they are all like family like when this is over, this shit show is all over guys i'm <laughs> when it's safe and and i'm going to tell people straight up you can't buy anything my registers closed like like nobody can buy anything you can all drink my beer and you can eat my brats and like hang out in burgers and we're going to have fun. But like, I want no business out of this. I just want to thank you all.
0: That's awesome. That, that's, a so. of, that's the type of store that I think I would support if they were around here.
4: Well, dude, it's, yeah. it's, it, it is. We are lucky. We are lucky because that fly shop community is real.
0: So uh, speaking of not selling any flies on that day, mm-hmm. how many of them, 150 dozen murdered minnows, are left?
4: <laughs> From that first batch yeah. zero, zero, we we've sold tens of thousands of Murdich minnows now. There's no originals. And it all, no it all originals. started because Bart got his ass kicked by a, a grandfather and his grandson fishing wraps in the middle of the Menominee River. That's how it started.
0: You didn't keep one of those originals just, just as a keepsake in a shadow box I, on your uh, mantle? I, I, I guess I
4: didn't know what the magnitude was. It's like the... The head honcho of umpqua is calling you, saying, "What's going on with this fly, and why do people <laughs> like it so much?" I, I didn't know.
0: That's awesome, man. So, uh, where can uh, what's websites? What's uh, where can people go, man?
4: Oh, for sure. Like if if you guys want to check out like some of our flies our smallmouth patterns and stuff, if you go to www.tightlinesflyshop.com, uh, that's our store, and that'll take you to a link to our full online store. And you can find us on Facebook, it's Tightlines Fly Fishing Company, or if you want to look us up on Instagram, it's Tightlines Fly Fishing Co. W-I. Uh, and, and we usually put little updates and, and posts on it, so that's how you can find us, how you can get a hold of us.
2: And that's how somebody finds a uh, guided trip as well?
4: Yep, absolutely. Yep, it's got the whole list of all the trips that we offer and uh, information uh, packet, etc.
0: What's the book title so people can go out and order that? Yeah,
4: the book, the book I'm i again, this is one of those things like I'm so proud of. My mom's like, "I can't believe you wrote a book. That's crazy. <laughs> you, you don't even read Tim. How do you write Mom. a book?" <laughs> right. Well, I, I I I'll I'll get to the book in a second, but like this is true because when we opened the fly shop and we were talking about it, I didn't realize it, but my family had already met because they were going to have an intervention like somebody's got to talk to Timmy. He's opening a fly shop. He's signing <laughs> a 3-year lease. It's a horrible <laughs> idea. And now they're like holy shit, it worked.
5: I can't <laughs> believe
4: it. So You should have had your uh, wife
0: talk to your mom as well. Wrote a
5: goddamn
4: What's that?
0: I said you should have had your wife talk to your mom and make her believe as well. <laughs> yeah, a little, <laughs> little pep talk. I
4: know, I know. Uh, but yeah, the book is called Smallmouth Modern Fly Fishing Methods, Tactics and Techniques. And uh, for any smallmouth junkie, you, you will like it. You're going to get a bunch of info out of that. And make sure to check out that that wiggly portion of it because it's a real thing. It's a real deal. You're gonna see a bunch of,
5: hmm.
4: you're gonna see a bunch of that small fly thing in Dust Boat because uh, we got a giant on a small one doing what we were talking about.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see that. I Man, I got goosebumps mm-hmm. thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real. I and can't Cermeli
4: wait to try it. Like, I can't believe this. This is weird. <laughs> this works.
0: So when you filmed with three different cameramen and a producer and Smelly mm-hmm. and yourself. How many boats were going down the river at one time?
4: Well, they had Landon, super nice dude, who they met in lower Michigan, who had like a hooligan raft. So they just brought him along like, hey, we need the extra boat for the audio guy. We had Bart, my head guy, through the shop. And then we had Nate, one of my other guys. So we had three other boats, including mine, just to film it because they had different angles and you know trying to capture different things one guy was shooting in full slow-mo and, you know, one guy's shooting real time or, you know, all that stuff.
0: Is it a real life pain in the ass to film with three boats and try not to get one of the other two boats in the background at the same time?
4: I don't know because I didn't have to deal with any of that. and They were pros. So it was just really, it was, to be honest, it was just awesome because it was just kind of like Joe and I went fishing, Um, you know, other than you had to watch what you were saying because you're always mic'd up. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you can't drop just random f bombs, or you know, that was a little bit challenging. Um,
0: you can't talk about because, the cameraman, right? Because they can hear you, right,
4: mm. right. <laughs> um, but uh, but other mm. than that, it was just cool. Joe put me right to ease, and like it was just like he and I were old friends and been fishing. So I've been in, and I made a bunch of new friends. I've been in touch with those all of those guys now since that time.
0: Good
1: deal, man. What? Hello. You're still there, bud? Yep, I'm oh, here. Oh, sorry, okay. you got me. We you you.
0: Yeah, we thought we thought we lost you for a second. So
4: no, no, I'm still here.
0: Okay. Well, on that note, um, I think we're gonna let you get going for the evening. I uh I right on, brother. I thoroughly appreciate you uh giving us your time.
4: We're yeah, good. for sure, guys. I appreciate t- uh getting the time, and getting a chance to talk to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. I, I like what you're doing. It's awesome.
0: Yep. Man, that was a great interview with Tim. Loved it.
1: Mm-hmm. All kind of knowledge. Uh. Twenty years ago, feeding people what is now the most what popular thing, right? What, what do <laughs> you do all summer? At least us it is. Well, <laughs> what do you do all summer outside? Mm-hmm. You know, if a lot of a lot of fish camp. Once you hit your temperatures and stuff, that's a perfect avenue. Everybody got smallmouth, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Bowfin, that's a new thing though.
1: Bowfin's <laughs> a new trout.
0: It's the new <laughs> latest and greatest. That's the new smallmouth. For, for you guys, for you
1: guys, and you guys got to see them. And I touched one, man. They're pretty weird creatures. They're definitely uh, interesting. Bit
3: face, huh?
1: Significant. You see underneath? Did you get it underneath? Like, uh, oh yeah. Like, right there where his throat, it kind of is. It, it's got, like, a little shallow, plate. It's got, yeah. like, a little plate right there instead so like, of gills just being exposed.
0: Last
3: week, I, like, kind of, like, gill held them like you would a musky or a pike. And it's real shallow. It's not very wide in there. And you're right. There's a plate up under there. So you get, like, a real thin, like, hold. Like, you're almost, like, holding them from, like, mm. this part of your, like, the wee little tips of your hands with, like, your palm pressed up. It's weird.
1: Yeah, that fish your dad caught it was solid i like put my hand around the tail in the net and it was, you know, it, was it was thick no doubt about it that tail was cool on it man it's like and a slimy
3: turtle leg. the
1: body feels like like just like that like and the three white. had like three diamonds on the back toward the didn't so much have the spot you know toward the tail that the one did three was, li- little did you diamonds
3: only one of them fish last week had a spot
2: yeah only, the only one, one today the smaller one, one
3: had a spot today
2: yeah, the smaller one. They probably lose a spot when they lose like total adolescence and get real, real big. They probably just lose a spot because then they're not worried about getting eaten by something bigger.
0: Are you guys talking a spot like a redfish has?
2: Yeah, they have like a ta- a spot on their tail. Really? Some of them. Yeah, it seemed pretty common. Uh, even in pictures, if you go online and look, they seem to like have a little
1: them. pattern. Those three diamonds on the back, almost in the middle of the lateral line. It was pretty cool looking on the fish that your dad caught. It was right in the picture. You could see it pretty well.
0: I thought that was a birthmark, like or a beauty mark like Cindy, Crawf- or, yeah, like Cindy Crawford had. Yeah, that
2: one uh, yeah and, I mean, it seems like the bigger ones didn't have them, but I could be wrong. But, yeah, some of them have it. I don't, I don't know, know,
3: because look at that one from last week. That's a good fish. That was like a 24-inch fish there. Yeah, or more, he has 25. one. Yeah. He's got one. Yeah. I don't know. Some do, Low some 20s. don't, maybe? Maybe, maybe 2022 20, on that one. Maybe that's what a is?
2: sign of like a male or a female. Who knows? Well, I, I, I don't know. If anybody has these answers for us, maybe. Hey, let yeah. us know. Check Shining, in with Chad.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, check in. We'll have you on the new boat. Bo- the bo- biologist. Boicator. Yeah. The new boat. Bo- podcast.
3: I think there's a lot kind of there to be determined as we fish up more as to how they eat, what they eat, trying different things, playing around, seeing what else you can get them to go on.
0: I like Ben's idea because oh, I mean, the look verdict. at
3: last week. How many times that they entered the boat? They were fifteen, twenty foot from that mat, so they were either out there or they came to it. So I mean, it's not all just that way. I think they were just really tucked up but, under today. With yeah,
1: the, Dad got three to the boat today. The look on them younger fish, the smaller ones, are so clean compared to the them bigger ones with the frayed fins. And your your fish today is like pristine. And nothing wrong with any of the fins, hmm. and then Clean. them two Rick got. I think the last one he got was a little, about that size of that one, but the fins were all frayed, like an old fish tank fish. Hmm. You know what I mean? Wonder
3: how old these things get. Look, good. yeah, you got your phone in your hand. How old are these things?
2: But one of them, like we were talking about, you said the one of them dads today came right up against the bank. Like yep. I mean, how like we called the, the cast to be penny. a fish. And then another one came, like you said, up apart. Apart, uh, far away from the mat. You know what I mean? It was out, it was out some closer to mat. it. Yeah, we okay. did. He got one a bit nothing. further out.
3: Uh, I had one fish come up and look. I saw its eyes come up behind it, like brushed its nose and took off. Small fish. But that's the, nothing else came off the mat.
2: So we got to buy Dad a case of, uh, the bet was you know, for a case of beer, so Dad got a case of Budweiser because Jason and I didn't do a damn thing but net fish. <laughs> To win, so we'll we'll take a W. It all seems like you...
1: Oh, but
3: Chase, did you you even row today?
1: Yeah. A little bit. Man, that's, that's ridiculous in the wind. It was like you're... You just, it was like fine. a pendulum. As soon as you hit, the wind would change, and the boat, would, everything completely would change. Then you're in between <laughs> like structure. It, it was a little bit rough
3: I broadsided there. some pillars hard today. Oh, I bet you <laughs> did, Talking man. He was the, ringing wind, the tin can. The wind started picking. You'd be going like three, four
0: mile an hour. Mm-hmm. Boom! Hit, the, hit a bridge pillar. It's, it's a s- new flexi hull. They're I had saying, to wipe
1: mine off. They're saying on these both in, uh, I don't know, general area. This is probably not here, but who knows. Uh, twelve years. Adults males may grow and attain length eighteen to twenty four, but females grow a little bigger to the thirty inch range. Hmm. Eight and a half pounds. To the big ones are probably three point eight kilos for you guys.
0: So your dad caught all the fish, but it seemed like every time we saw you, Jay, he was rowing. How did he pull double duty? I don't know, <laughs> man. He was doing all the work. Did
2: he make like eight casts today and catch three fish? No, he <laughs> he he made the most of his time on the uh. Nah, he got the fish a ton. Uh, Jace, Jace rode a bit
1: toward the end. That's called an eye spot on the on the back there. No, I don't have. Uh, it doesn't mention if all of them, but pretty cool looking fish, man. Some of them, I, I, I would imagine that with maybe age, like you said, and water that they're living in, condition wise, could create different colors in them because some yeah. of them will have them bars on them and cleaner looking green i thought you had the, the one last week you had was, was green, green. Yeah, yeah i thought that was, really was cool a really cool looking fish yeah. so i would that love to tangle green with one shimmer. yeah one day i got a lot of fish to still catch on the fly man that's what keeps that's, me going that's gonna be Jason, a fun because you never caught a pike on the fly
3: Oh, well, we can get two birds with one stone at that place. Oh, man. It, there's still a lot to there explore fish in there. there, too. I mean, because yeah. with that wind, I didn't want to get up into the North Channel. Yeah, I know. We went down, and there was one neat little point that came down with a big... uh there's a big flat in it. So we kind of fished around the flat. And that was the first spot where I did see current. So that's why I kept beating it, like, right up against the corner, like, trying to get, like, a dead bait fish would, like, fall around mm. that current to see if there was one maybe sitting right at the edge of that point, but... We worked that that channel down. Nothing again. Didn't see anything mm. in there. Didn't. We think we saw one fish roll. Yeah, one fish. One roll. One or two fish roll. I I've really seen a lot one. of fish roll. We had one. I'm telling you, what. If I'd have had a net in my hand, I couldn't. I could have netted it with just a handle portion.
0: Tell them what was, was coming out of
3: our foot. mouth. Oh, literally, this is probably. It's, we've been sitting here like an hour. We haven't seen no fish porpoise. Nothing's doing it. They're like no fish are coming out of the water, and literally this thing comes out from like meat of the beer can, like. Three foot.
0: It almost rolled it into the almost boat. Almost
3: in the boat. Holy crap! Okay, <laughs>
0: stay <But> corrected. <laughs> the word porpoise was just. It was out of our mouth thirty-five seconds.
3: I had another one going down the other end by the at the end of the, or up against the bank. Do the same thing. It could have been three foot from the boat. Head comes straight up out.
2: It's weird. It seems like those ones are never the ones that. You said shimmer. You said shimmer. They're not biting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, those, those are ones the ones, ones that never seem like they're biting though. Uh, they're no, just doing you know, their thing. Uh, it always seems like if you like they're like you said, mostly either just out in the middle and you just you're just kind of floating it along there or, or you're you cast it right on the edge.
3: No, but I'll tell one that's you
2: biting what, biting up underneath. <laughs> we she were, got bit off twice, dude.
3: Gosh, we were the subject of probably about six lost fish today, though. Oh, we, oh my god, that was cool. We walked up that creek and it started to mud, and there had to be been 50 60 like three to six inch bluegill. And again, this creek is six foot wide. And there was like a little deep pocket. And three pike went up and set situated themselves at like an angle. All them big like fish pushed thing. up. The <laughs> dirt went in. They were bashing the fit up onto the bank. I mean it was like boop, 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 boop. No Just shit. everything. There's like the whole water turned to mud. Fish started swimming everywhere. And
0: I'm like, here they come. And <laughs> everything's flying out of this creek. It was like when Tom Green <laughs> dropped the rat into the snake pit.
2: <laughs> went nuts. Unleash the fury, Mitch.
0: Are you here for the feeding?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Unleash the fury. <laughs> yep. They went nuts. <laughs> but yes, I did get bit off twice today. Oh, man. yeah. 30 pounds got to come
3: off. to 30. On. Yep. Try, to, try that next time. Not like Last week, I had one bite off out of yeah. six. Okay. So I'm like, all right. Well, maybe, maybe one's a fluke. Let's try. Today, one for three. No. Why not Switching.
0: try some of that Rio 20-pound bite wire?
3: I could. I could. Like, you, you, know see, what I mean? you don't know till you try it to see. Because
0: that stuff's flexible. I don't think it's going to affect the fly at all. Not the 20-pound. It doesn't no. seem too, too heavy to
2: maybe like make your fly dive even more. I like a suspended fly. I use a floating line. Dad or data. That's what I thought would work. And we kind of Last time, we talked about... We've been talking about all week with the... Because we had uh, one fish kind of bent that hook out last week. So we were talking about flies and fly design a little bit just for this fish because it has like a titanium mouth and you know even we were talking about today when we were looking at him it's like man right where the uh <clears throat> like their their mouth or their jaw like connects to their body you know what i mean or their head i guess you would say like that part is so thick it does have I a don't...
3: very much of a formation of like a piranha would how how like narrow and just like that short elongated like strike it has and there's like quick power it's like a parada bite real quick
1: it's a big mouth though man he's a wide very wide do you know what i mean they can get
2: next
3: to
1: me get all the flies in there
3: try many evenings at last light
2: yeah we were yeah, g- so, so i was going through and i started thinking i'm like all right well i'm gonna try to get a nice thick hook so i started tying them on like four aughts and two aughts and just throwing simple deceivers even still uh nice and sparse you know, on a heavy, heavy, or a heavier hook. Not a heavy, heavy hook, but a heavier hook. And it actually, I could use a floating line, and it, it sinks the fly down nicely, and it just suspends, man. When, you, when it gets down probably a foot and a half, you could just let it, you know, stop, and it'll just still just sit there and just do nothing but breathe and have a good pause to it and have to have a sinking line where it's dragging a fly down. The only bad thing, I think with a uh, little bit of a sink tip or something, you can you kind of can cut through some of the weeds and still swim your fly out through some of that where if you, you get hung up on top of the weeds a little
0: bit with a floating line.
3: I've definitely got a handful of ideas going through my head I want to try there.
0: Like I said, I was with Scott the first time we went there without you guys, and he was throwing a gurgler that had two pieces of 50-pound mono, like just... Or I think it was one piece of fifty-pound mono just stuck straight out from the eye of the hook, like a weed guard. So here's the hook, mm-hmm. and it was stuck like this, just straight up like this. Mm-hmm. And we could pull that thing across all that, like a uh, the the real fine green grass, and it wouldn't get hung up at all. It wouldn't have like a pile of weeds on it. Hmm. So might be something to think about as well. And it was a big gurgler, so. Well, we saw one explode in that weed pile, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not on our fly, obviously, but... Yeah.
3: Trying to, I'm looking, thinking about it. Get my 30-pound queued up. Oh, C- yeah. Seaguar C- red label.
2: Yeah, they're just a... Yeah, it's a different type of thing. We never got to experience it. I've never, you know, none of us really no, they're got only,
1: They're not everywhere, that's for sure. You'd, you'd think you'd run across a fish like that, fishing in a river, or, you know, many... Odd places we Your get whole to go. Life, yeah. Well, we get you know we're fishing a lot of places that seem like they would have them, but luckily I guess, in in turn, it, not in that the, the systems we fish. So only a few places I've ever even heard of them around here.
0: I caught one, like I said, back when I was probably 20, just on a a tube lure, fishing bass tournament, and I was freaked the f out. I was like, what is this thing? It looks like <laughs> the devil.
1: Oh, they jump, dude.
0: And that, like, yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Hmm.
0: That might that not have be real. something bad either. Throw something like this with a scalping helmet and just jig it on the bottom. That's
3: exactly what I was going to say. Hmm. So you were talking about cutting through the grass. Something like that. I'm sure Where you can protect the hook. That'll mm. cut right mm. through
0: that grass, and you can just sit and bounce it in there. I wonder if you I put, put one of the big loopy mono weed guards, like, over it. You know what Do you I mean?
2: Think they like that jigging motion, though, man. I think they like that nice suspended, just dying right in front of them, kind of. We don't, I don't know, know yet.
5: Uh, we don't know. know yeah,
0: <coughs> we could try. try. The only one I ever caught was on a tube or a jig on the bottom.
2: I I have an all white.
1: Oh, they ate everything. Yeah, right. The, the right third all white all.
0: one of those. Yeah. Did you tie this or did I? I don't know. I think I did. It's got the craft fur. Oh, it could be. Yeah.
2: I don't know. We have to, like you, he was saying, you know, even a little bit, maybe smaller top water or something different. I just
3: like to go to old Bucktail. I mean, that's what I throw mm-hmm. for everything. So for me, it's perfect. It's like, okay. Now all I got to do is just slow it down, let it drift, twitch it a little bit. I'm Still throwing the same flies I throw for anything else.
1: I looked over there and watched you a couple of times since it was a competition.
2: <laughs> I was like, oh, shit.
1: There's other guys out here. It's a competition.
2: Chad got real serious. He didn't say anything to me. Copy. He wasn't cracking his normal jokes. Watching how he, he people should drink. He threw a... Uh, he threw a uh, I saw him give me a middle finger when I turned my back to I the did. boat. <laughs> it was <laughs> hard to hear with all the wind going across there. Yeah. This you know. is when we were putting the boats in. Oh. <laughs> it's God, hard it's... to hear you guys right beside you. No. no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: I waited till you guys started rowing out a little bit. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. My boat looks like complete and utter garbage. Oh, I it know. Is like it's like
3: green. Uh, Oh, so I came home, disgusting.
0: I came home, did dishes because I was a bachelor's weekend, and then just passed out till you came over to my house, Jay. Oh,
2: that's why your wife was so pleased with you. Oh, she was
0: pissed because the house was a wreck. She <laughs> was like,
1: Chad's sleeping." got, got the dishes done though, right? How you doing? Dishes
3: done
0: though. Yeah.
1: One thing at a time, Chad. I did
0: nothing yesterday but hunt mushrooms.
1: <laughs> hey, that's that's awesome. I seen a meme the other day and I thought about you as like the, this dude sitting at a one of them, you know, AA meetings, and he's like, "Sup?" Why does n-
0: it always have to be the AA meeting?
1: Well, let <laughs> let me continue. He's like, "Sup." Name's Chad. I've been sober for like forty days, but not in a row or anything.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Reminded me of you.
0: Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah, you yeah, got like
1: thirty days. <laughs> Remember, you took that month and maybe a couple since then days. I don't know, possibly not. <laughs> possibly
0: not. <laughs> so
1: thirty. I know you got shit. thirty in once.
0: I'll tell you what. This week I wasn't drinking a lot because it was so freaking humid at work. I was sweating. I Just was drinking home, a drink lot water.
1: Water and Hennessy. Hell yeah! So the mushroom hunting you did. It produce any fungus?
0: I found a bunch of cool stuff.
1: I went out a few times. I've been going out the last couple of weeks. It's uh, probably probably the coolest thing you can fucking do. on a, When you're you know, not in the water. I don't even think the bugs were bad in the woods. I never had issues with them. I, they weren't biting me up. I went in evenings, and some days it was hot. But, dude, I found a ton of mushrooms. You know what I realized the wood smells like? Deep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it smells like deep woods off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all I know, I was busy picking these mushrooms. I, we didn't do much searching because we were doing all the finding. It was sh- chanterelle trail. They were everywhere.
0: I picked two one-gallon buckets So them.
2: how do you know a chanterelle? Did you look this up on like
1: your Google later well, phone? Ultimately, or what the there's fuck only you do? there's only a few mushrooms <clears throat> that look like that, but they're gonna have like a white or a creamy white core. I'm just you know, saying, and I picked and the wrong peel, ones and ended
2: up like not at the podcast table anymore.
1: Well, they'll peel apart like a cheese, the string cheese, you know. But I mean, they're they they're golden, you dude.
3: Spot on for picking the ones with the creamy white core.
1: Dude, they're golden, smooth chantrells, They mm. they're coming up everywhere, and we've been having little doses of rain, which is going to keep this going on for l- a what long time. What do they time. resemble?
3: Do they have their own taste, or they pick up the taste
1: of what you're cooking? They're woodsy, they're earthy, I don't, you know what I mean. They they will suck up the juice from whatever you're cooking, but it they just f- like butter and seasoned salt.
5: Well,
0: <laughs> that <laughs> cooking,
3: mo- like they're a mild mushroom though. They're not as strong. Or they're not like a woody or like real heavy earthy.
1: Or they're not like the oyster. No, 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 far from a different taste than something like that. But it's it's meaty, it's chewy. You can you can't really overcook them unless they're small or something. But we found some giants. There's, they say the buttons are, you know the. The best pick the the just popped up whole buttons and fry them up, but they're really good. There's so many recipes you could put them in, you could dehydrate them, you could freeze them. So, yeah, they're everywhere I've heard. I watch like mushroom hunting page, see if people are catching catching them, you know, because they can't run. So, it's pretty cool.
2: It's (laughs) sweet, man. You don't catch them, you pick them.
1: Yeah, I do it all. But uh,
0: I I think what the worst thing to watch on YouTube is is people that film themselves picking.
1: Mushrooms. mushrooms. Oh, yeah. I watch it all the time. I watched some so hipster boring. out on the left coast was doing it, and, you know, they were, like, professional. They're
0: all always Kinda ladies. Kind like, like walking with your head down. They're always ladies that looks like they've never shaved their bush, and it's
1: down to their knees. Yeah. Like, their bush has dreadlocks. Which, this, this is the thing, though. These mushrooms, there's so much out there. There's so much. You've seen so much different variety. i am seeing. Stuff you can eat, stuff that is edible but probably not highly prized. But there's so many different mushrooms you could eat. Belites, the x amount of those different. I don't know Belite
0: so. Oh,
1: there's tons of mushrooms, man. It's just, just you got to have a guide, a field guide. But I'm I'm only getting into like I guess more popular ones. They say those would range from twenty to thirty dollars a pound, so they're price wise like similar to morels. A a dried pound could be over two hundred bucks. So I ate $150 <laughs> worth of mushrooms last night. Dude, Well, I mean, I mean, I al- I could have picked for the Some whole. Some people do that and they don't wake up. I could have picked for the whole day. And seriously, where I went, the they were the ravines and small slopes were just where water ran off. It seemed like had had got water. We got rain, but these ravine hillsides and tops were just polluted with with them. hardwoods. Yes, mixed hardwoods, and I. Heck, we were walking down like access roads and I'm like looking over and boom, you see that golden color sticking out. I'm like, oh, finding them as big as my hand and
0: it's like they're wearing hunter orange.
1: Yeah, oh my God, when you walk in there and look up and they're there, there's no mistaking them. Unlike morels, these are easy to find. So it's cool, man. You could take you know a couple people out, buy some steaks, oh fried on a burger with some Swiss or something, dude. These are these are. Uh, I don't know, fine delicacy to me, I think. The local butcher came over last night
0: with some prime rib, so we fried up all the mushrooms and ate with the prime rib. They all enjoy? Oh, my goodness, yeah. You,
1: anybody say th- that they weren't good? No, I, no. That, exactly. It's,
0: and then it's... we deep-fried some corn, corn on the cob. Hmm, there you go. No need to put butter on it after that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, unless you're really asking for a heart attack. Add
1: some bacon, wrap it, and bake. It wasn't <laughs>
0: popping? No, it didn't pop. It was just getting tan. Hmm. So it was, it was pretty good. Nice. Um, I did go out carp fishing this week, twice. I landed one fish. The river's low, but it's dirty. So where I was, so seeing them was it was hard. I could see the fish, but I couldn't see their mouth because they were tailing. Yeah. You know? And their mouth was deeper than their tails. Burp. <laughs> so I. I, I just, That's I, what
2: carp do when they tail. They go burp.
0: I was just having a hard time seeing them and. Getting the hook sets in time. but uh, Oh, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we get too awful late in the show and people turn us off is registration for the Beast of the East is active as we speak. Um, If you guys are looking to get registered for the Beast of the East, hit them up on their Facebook page or uh, email Matt Dixon. Uh, If you want Matt Dixon's email address, message me. I'll give it to you. (laughs) <laughs> he's uh he's in charge of the the tournament this year. So, or if you want a copy of the email with the uh, the registration, hit me up. I'll forward it to you. Since uh, since I'm not going this year, you can have my registration. Yeah, <laughs> this will
2: be Chad. and I's first. You're not doing it in a little while. I'm a little sad. I'm gonna come up and visit the guys. So I think I'm gonna go up on Friday night, dude. To... Are you? I'll yeah. Keep it going you... for you. I'll bring. Dad's gonna come up. The crown. Of the SVS. Dad's gonna come up and uh, hang out. Don't keep it going.
0: Don't keep it going like we've been the last no. three years.
2: <laughs> hey, just put, just get, get in the place, place somewhere. You know, get in the top three. That'd be sweet, dude. Catch a good fish. That means you catch. That means you at least caught one good fish. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get a good one this year. It's been a couple years there now. You got 37 a couple years ago, right? Yeah, 37. Yeah, nice fish. You're gonna do the same. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna Just spend any time on the river? On the lake. Different idea though on the lake, but on the lake.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna shift it this year. <clears throat> as long as a couple of things don't change ahead of time, we'll have to see right, right at time.
2: But cool. As long as
3: that doesn't, it stays consistent.
2: Well, if everybody makes that kind of trip from out east, Nick, you know, to come fish with you, I got to go. I, I'm gonna make a, a, a little trip up the east for, you know, what time I can. Come at least party with you guys. I'll get you all drunk on bur on bourbon for the next day. Come on. I want Nick to have a ha- hangover. Come on, man. Yeah, Nick to fall off the table? Again. Yeah, you know, has to have a good time. That's Vania. We'll get you guys some showers and get that all fixed up and
0: stuff like that. I won't be able to go up, and have rehearsal dinner and oh, shit. Oh, I'm, I'm,
2: sure, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm going to go party with the boys. I'll be up there.
0: You doing it again, Jace? I don't know. I.
1: I'm not any good at musky fishing or bowfin or pike or. <laughs> I've
0: realized that this recently. I'm not very good at fishing lately.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't know. when you when See what Jason wipers did to you too? Listen, J Well, they do spoil you, but Jason's like yeah, not, Jason's no. like oh. Pull. Well, we were good at that though. <laughs> it was pretty much giving me the same technique I use. He just says slow it way down. So I'm trying to like fish this edge. I don't know. It that is weird. That's a weird. That's weird fishing when you're. You're not really pulling the streamer. You're trying to get it just in front of it. If you can get it in front of it and move it at the right time, then you can get bit. I think I, my fly might have been pointing the right, wrong way, trying to go down the whole time. Or was only in their face, maybe that first foot or two, potentially. See, that's where,
3: like, instead of, like, holding the line like this to strip it, what I'll do is, like, roll my hand like this. So I'm almost rolling my wrist back. back. So you can just do it like that, and then I gets that little tail flicker. So it's like sitting there twitching.
1: You know, and Lines more up.
3: Yep, as soon as it hits, kind of like as it's starting to sink, like roll your wrist back to you and kind of like if you, you know, kind of wiggle your wrist, it'll get that tail flipping on them deceivers.
0: I tied my first craft for a game changer for today. It swims good. You had a follow on it or a hit? I did have a follow on it. and The fish was sitting right underneath of it. I twitched it, and I saw a boil, so I set the hook, and it was gone. So, I don't know if I spooked it when I twitched it, or if it ate and I missed it, or what yeah, happened. that was weird. But yeah, it was like swimming underneath of it. That was the first time we saw that fish breathe air. So, I threw at it, and it followed it. I didn't try the... I tried a Game
2: Changer last night as well, on my first Fox for Game Changer. It turned out, it looked pretty good. I mean, I think you saw it, right? No, I didn't see it. Uh, I think it looked okay, at you least. You must have
0: showed it to the other me.
2: No, I showed it to Chase, I, I think it was, it. Yeah. yeah. it's okay. It's okay. It's it's nothing like. It's a good fly for you. Yeah, it's nothing like one I get from just Justin, but you know, it's still still a good fly. I think it's gonna swim the same. Probably get bit off the same. So <laughs> we're, we're gonna throw it. Give her hell.
0: A lot cheaper than 17 bucks though.
2: Yeah, Dad came over. That's when we were tying deceivers, and he was checking out flies and hanging out, and you know, tied that one first. It, it only took me probably an hour. So, not too, too god-awful bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Just to yeah. get bit off. Stick
0: it on 15-pound and watch it go bye-bye. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: So, you want to hear a funny story about what I did last night? So, I was over here drinking beers with my mom and stepdad and my buddy Ernie came over. We're drinking beers. 11 o'clock came. Ernie's like, I'm leaving. I said, I'm too. I got to wake up at 5. My stepdad just handed me a beer. We cracked it. I was like, oh, shit. I was like... Alright, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take it home and dump it out. Because I was done drinking beers. But it was already opened. So I was like, ah. alright. So I went. I set the beer on my center console. I put the dog in the truck. Drove from this house to my house, which is like 85 feet. <laughs> Hopping, I was talking to my wife the whole time, like over the truck speaker. Pulled in my driveway. Grabbed the dog. Went to put it in... On the ground, because it's just a little old dog. And I hit that full beer with my elbow. And it does a complete 180, totally upside down. And just, I hear glug, 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 in between the center console and my driver's seat. It's like, oh, 12 ounces of full beer just in my truck. Now it smells like old yeast.
5: Yeah. (sighs)
1: Sorry about that, man.
0: Yeah, I was a little disappointed with myself. That's a rough one there. My, uh, yeah, it doesn't come out very easy. I used to have a Jeep Wrangler that we took the carpet out of, and I would drink beers in that all the time. You rinse
2: it
1: out, drain yeah, them out the bottom. But
0: the whole truck or the whole Jeep would smell like beers, and I was like, uh, I'm 20 years old. Who cares? Yeah, being 37, it doesn't work like that anymore. Being <laughs> 37 and having
2: <laughs> your son in
1: the back, like, Sir, why does your car reek of booze? Get out of the car. Get out of the car, it's sir. Like the second cruiser pulls up. When the game warden (laughs) warden (laughs) stops in, too. He's like, I'll take his fucking ass to jail. I like doing shit like this. This guy's belly
2: looks like he drinks 65 beers a night.
1: I have 40 days sober. (laughs) One way or the other. 38 at least, maybe. Sick for a couple days, and 30 days in the one month you were fasting.
0: Uh, I might do that again. God
2: bless you for that
0: month. It's not going to be
2: next week. I know that.
0: No. I, I can't wait. Are we doing a... No, because... Oh, yeah. No one's listening to anyway, so we can give it away. Uh, Tom Rosenbauer is going to be our guest next week. We're going to record that on Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. Like two days from now. Like two days from now, we're recording with Tom Rosenbauer from the Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast. So uh, be ready, guys. This is going to be a real live hoot. For real. Uh, we got a couple of tricks up our sleeves, and uh, Tom's okay with it. So it's gonna be funny.
1: Nobody's Sounds listening. Sounds good.
0: Yeah. So I, I think people might be listening to that show. Because Sounds he, sweet. It's gonna be a good one. He's a pretty big name in the fly fishing. He's a huge fly fisherman. <laughs> one of them, huh? <laughs> so do we have anything else we want to hit on? No. Guys?
2: Tonight we we're brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. You can find everything you need at for shirts, outdoor gear, belts, all kinds of different stuff with great prints at PredatorFlyGear.com.
1: Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com.
0: Tonight's show has been brought to you and recorded live in the Urban Fly Company studios. Check out the new and improved website with new flies coming up monthly Mm -hmm. at urbanflycompany.com. Just added a
3: lot up last week. Uh, All tied on A-Rex Hooks. Find them at arixhooks.com.
0: Yay.
2: Built for the wild.
1: Also, check out Why Not Fishing. (laughs) And they're at the dock which relates to anglers getting to share their stories and potentially sharing some secrets. Find them, guys, at at whynotfishing.com, right?
0: Hey, check out boy Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding for all your hooks, hackles, and fishing trips. See you guys next week.
1: 2000. This was the best video ever.
5: <laughs>
1: this is what that dude was listening to when he started his fly shot.
5: <laughs> so Mark,
0: what do you know about this?
1: Juvenile, this...
2: All I remember are the girls' asses in this video. That's all I remember, to be completely honest. You can mute this video and watch it.
5: Shit! (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, holy cow.